If you're still on the hunt for a sports book to call home, bet the nonstop action of March Madness with my bookie. Enter bracket contests for a chance to take home prizes of up to $25,000 or pick from a huge selection of straight bets, props, and odds boosts. Whatever your style, MyBookie makes it easy to play your way and get paid. Sign up now and take advantage of our generous welcome offer to score a massive first deposit bonus of up to $1,000. All you have to do is claim promo code MADNESS50. But the fun doesn't stop there. Get up-to-the-minute odds, free bets, and expert predictions to help you decide who to put your money on. The best part about MyBookie? You can bet on anything, anytime, from anywhere. Use promo code MADNESS50, that's MADNESS50, to secure your limited-time welcome bonus today. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome into a fairly subdued interactive hour for the JCS. Uh, much like today's show, I'm lacking energy, but we're here, man, and I'm glad to be here. Really, I am. I uh, just wish I wasn't under the weather. Uh, Tommy's here, too, and fire away, everybody. Let's talk Florida State Duke and Florida State anything if you want, really anything you want, period. I saw somebody talk about baseball in here earlier, too, so I'm fine with that. Got that over, on the back. over under two and a half hours of sleep since we recorded the JCS. So about an hour and a half, I just mm. – the middle of the day sleeping is hard, and I try it, and um, the other problem is, like, you know, people call and – even if I have it on vibrate, like my brain's like, Hey man, that could be a work thing. You got to figure that out. So, yeah, yeah. you know, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? That's all right. All right. Do you think the higher seeds and the break that they get for the NLDS is a problem? I don't know, man. There was a stretch there uh, two years ago when the break was it two or three years ago when the Braves won the world series, they had five days off and they still won. I, I it's, I think it's convenient with these teams losing. I think baseball lends itself to this. The other problem you have in baseball is when you expanded the playoffs, mm -hmm. you've, uh, you've put more teams in the mix, man, and you've caused the scheduling issue. And you've also given teams an opportunity to let baseball be baseball and more of them. And uh, you know, that's, that's like the oddity of it is that you could be the best team in baseball. And I could randomly take a team that lost 95 games and pitch you in a best two out of three series and you could lose it and you could be a hundred game winner. And people would be like, what the hell? And that's just the that's the nature of that game, man. It's a it's a tough deal. I got somebody, uh, this is Kayvon says he's tuning in from Bumpas. Look at that. <laughs> Big night out on the town, huh? Uh well, tell Eddie and Dan and the rest of the folks at Bumpas I said hello. What's it gonna be, Kayvon? Let us know what you're having. I would go with the Uncle Sal. I don't know what what would you do these days? Oh man, uh, what would I get? Oh, I always end up getting some sort of shrimp thing. I, I love all the shrimp that they do. So yeah, that would be me. Good evening, Troy. Uh, for a hottie toddy, so Florida man in Texas says uh, he's told whiskey or tequila helps with day sleeping, and I'm sure he's talking about just in general getting after it at before noon or three o'clock uh, on a weekend. But uh, have you ever done the hottie toddy? And if so, what's your recipe? I don't have a recipe for hottie toddy. I've done it when others have made it for me and said that it was their family recipe and I've tried it, you know, but I've never made one myself. It's never been a thing. I mean, I'm not against it. Uh, if somebody wanted to bring me one right now, I would probably take it. Um, but I actually just took a, like one of those horse pills that you only get behind the counter. I walked into CVS and said, give me the strong drugs, the illegal ones back there. Don't be messing around. Here's my ID. Let's go. So I, I should be, I should make it through the next 45 minutes and then be loopy. Tony asks, what's the next step this staff needs to take to become elite? Is it quicker in game adjustments, not having to wait till halftime? Is it better recruiting in the front seven or is it making a change so that there are new members of the staff? Well, <laughs> Tony's teeing you up on a sickly Wednesday night. <laughs> I think there are very high caliber coaches available um, at certain spots that I would make a run at if I could, if I were Mike, um, I, I, I would tell you 
I, we don't really recruit linebacker all that well with our current linebacker coach. So I'd be making a change there. Okay. I think that they're, uh, they're starting to trend better overall though, defensively. And you know, this is, this is not, I don't think this is a mirage based upon playing bad offenses. I think they're playing better. I think they're taking it to a level that's a little bit better than it was last year, even though there were a ton of blowouts last year. Would you think that's a fair statement or not? They're, they're, I agree with that statement. They're playing better. They still don't run zone worth a damn, but they're, they're playing better. Uh, Ed, good job. Thank you, brother. I'll try that at some point. There's a total wine right down the road. And I appreciate that. Troy asks, do you think we overlook Duke because it's Duke? No. No, I think they'll have our attention. Duke, Duke yeah. is physical. I, I, the number one way you overlook a team, in my opinion, is not record. It's not record at all. Now, listen, don't get me wrong. You could maybe sleepwalk through a game where somebody's 0-6 or something like that. But for the most part, it's it, when a team has a good record or a decent record even, and you put on the film, you're going to look at bigger, stronger, faster. That's what I always did. I think that's what coaches do without saying it. That's certainly what players do. They try to get a sense of your size and your speed and your strength. Because after all, when we boil this game down to its simplest components, it is an awful lot about toughness and, and physicality. And uh, scheme matters, don't get me wrong. Uh, it matters more and more the, the, the more even things are. Uh, but, but I will tell you that if you don't think somebody can hit you, you don't think somebody can run with you, it's easy to overlook them. But Duke can, Duke's defense, at the very least, can run with Florida State and play with Florida State. I mean, they're not – I'm not trying to paint a picture like this is the 2013 Florida State defense – but I am telling you that they're they're more than competent, and they are extremely well coached, and they're very physical. They are. I think they're also the second best defense you've seen this year. And what's interesting is just watching. So I watched the Notre Dame game, and, and a lot of what Notre Dame did around the line of scrimmage, they were set up very close to the line of scrimmage. You know, because they they don't have a bunch of weapons that they can spread you out for wide. And so Duke obliged, and they did a really good job of clogging up everything in the middle and stopping the run. Clemson, when they got to the half, they weren't able to run the ball very well in the first half. Most of the yards they racked up was in the second. They spread it out wide, man. Once they spread it out wide, things started to open up for Will Shipley and Phil Maffa. I just wonder, is, is that something we do this weekend? Do we see more so. you know, multiple receiver sets than double tight sets? It's just This is another fascinating test. I've been enamored every week by different things. Like after you know the bye week, it's Virginia Tech. All right, what do you want to be now? Now that you've seen four games of what you can and cannot do. And then for Syracuse, all right, this is a defense that did stop Clemson's run, and Shipley was held under four yards of carry. How do you attack them? This one is, well, what's Elko going to do to you, and what are you going to do to Elko? This is a, a straight chess match because they could both choose different paths on Saturday. Yeah, I agree with that. And thank you, Ed, by the way. wanted to make sure I mentioned you in there. I appreciate your support of the program. and. We'll definitely get that Kentucky coffee in here. Um, as far as, and yes, we will be at uh, Hotel Indigo uh, this Saturday and Corner Pocket on Friday. And that is one of the things that I'm trying to get right for um, is to get healthy and to feel better because I'm really looking forward to Friday. I'm really looking forward to the fact that Saturday night is a night game, that Saturday's game. You know, you got time to have a few uh, drinks at uh, Corner Pocket on Friday. I've been enjoying the cold Guinness that I've been having over there sipping on those and talking with people. You know, I want to say something. I, I forgot to do this, and I hope the gentleman's watching that came up to me last Friday. Tom, you missed this. Bear with me. I'm going to keep talking. Hold on a second. There you go. He's getting up from the table. So I missed it last week. I had a sick animal in the house, so I needed to be on watch and so, on the so, for the so sick animal. You know, here you go. I, I want to show you guys this. And the gentleman's name I wrote down on a piece of paper. It's somewhere else. close to me right now, or I would sell it. Uh, but he's from Chattahoochee, Florida. And, Tom, you're not going to believe this. Is this TCL? What's going on here? What does he have for you? No, no, no. This is unbelievable. This is of incredible value. Okay, so, first of all, that yeah, is Doug Williams. Hang on. I'm going full screen to you. Hang on one second. There we go. Okay. There we go. There we go. So, this is this is Doug Williams, and that is autographed. Oh, wow. Okay. Now, I'm going to do you – so, you know, you're Hall of Famer. Um, this is the original – Holy crap. Is there like five of them? <laughs> yeah, that's so Ricky Bell signed this. You can't see because I'm an idiot, but Ricky Bell signed that. Oh, Ricky. look at Bucko Bruce. That's ridiculous. Yeah, that's me, so let cool. You, let me show you this, buddy. Leroy Selman is in here. Oh, there's like 10 of them. Oh, Jesus. This guy, there's Steve DeBerg's in here autographed. Um, Show and tell time with Jeff Cameron. Look at this. Do you see this? That's Leroy Selman, and that is oh. autographed. 
And he brought these creamsicles. These are all from the 70s, the late 70s. His father, or actually his wife's father, owned, you can take me off a of full screen. His right. wife's father owned uh, a liquor store, multiple liquor stores in Tampa when the Bucks first started. And in doing so, um, they did promotions with the Buccaneers. And they would they'd get these signs, these posters, Mm-hmm. And players would come in and sign him and do, you know, obviously big promotions. And he held on to it. The father is 98 and had to be moved into um, an assisted living program here recently. Still alive and, and still sharp. And they said to him, hey, you've got all this cool buck stuff out in your garage and we don't know what to do with it. But this is amazing. Like you've got stuff here that's worth something. And also just we can't throw it away. What do you want us to do with it? And so he said, find somebody who would really appreciate it and remembers those days fondly and loves the Bucks." And this gentleman from Chattahoochee drove over on Friday and said, I think Jeff Cameron would love him and he'll cherish him and he'll frame him and he'll put him up. So I'm going to give it to him. How sweet is that? Wow. And I'll say his name later this week. I just forgot. I left the paper in the back. Um, typical me being an ass for getting that. But I, I just that's what. That that just happened on Friday. Blew me away. How about that, huh? That's really kind. That's really kind. Unbelievably kind. I'm still reeling from that. I couldn't believe it. And I talked to him for a long time. He's friends with Butch Bundy's father. I mean, this is really. <laughs> <laughs> well, that makes a ton of sense. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It just cracked me up, man. So that's the kind of funny games we have at the corner pocket is people just rolling on in out of nowhere, <laughs> having a cold one with you going, hey, want this? And I'm, I'm not talking about gifts. I'm just talking about you never know who you're going to meet. Yeah, no, it's true. Uh, and yes, you met Jack Nicholas's photographer once. So hung out with him for a while, yes. Yep. And then saw him again when I was up in Augusta, of course. As you I know. saw uh, Buffalo Sabres great and Tampa Bay Lightning pretty good. Darren Poopa was yeah. there randomly because his daughter goes to Florida State and he was moving her in. And I saw the hairline because he has a one-of-a-kind pre- presentation of a mullet. I'm like that, And he was facing the other way. And my buddy who would appreciate I was so happy. My buddy who would appreciate it. A lightning lifer is like, if you nail that, that's Darren Poopa without seeing him. That's like an all-timer. And sure enough, he requested he's from Ontario. Of course he is. He requested the Raptors game. I'm like, he's watching a Toronto game. He's wanting. He's watching a Toronto game. Yeah. Buddy. yeah. And then sure enough, it was him. So that's the corner pocket for you. Oddly, I think I would have recognized Darren Poopa just because I remember him from back in the day pretty well. But that's awesome as well. And I wouldn't have maybe... Actually, as quickly as you did, because I would have been thinking he's walking into the quarter pocket. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's like a, there's a mid part to the front of the to the yeah. front of the mullet. It was very distinct. It was very distinct. Keith wants to know. Uh, he's hearing that uh, other from other Noel fans that Randy and Odell are too old school, which is why they're not getting five star defensive linemen and linebackers. Your thoughts on that? Uh, I don't. I don't think it's old school. I, I want to say this, and and I'll be delicate with it. I don't think that either one of those gentlemen will be here much longer. Um, and I don't think it's a matter of um, animosity or acrimony within the staff or anything like that. I mean, I'm just deducing the context clues here. Uh, understand that Odell kind of already wanted to retire. A couple times. Uh, but, yeah. yeah, but stayed on uh, kind of as a favor and really was inspired. Um, <laughs> Bill, you can go to hell with my bald head. It's beautiful. Look at how beautiful that is. Um no, no, uh, he, he was inspired by the fact that uh, Norvell was the antithesis of Willie in terms of being organized and buttoned up, and that got him excited again because Odell was, you know, I don't want to speak for Odell, but he was disheartened with what happened there and, yeah. and really wanted to stick around and see this thing through, and, and I think he's probably ready to, to call it a day here real soon. So that's just context clues. I don't think Odell will be here much longer. Uh, it's not that he can't recruit. I just think it's a young man's game to be recruiting a lot of times and traveling a lot. So I wouldn't be surprised if he retires within the next year or two. And then Randy has never been a good recruiter and I don't know why he's on the staff. Okay. Well, I'll take the, I'll take half of this equation. How old do you think Odell Hagens is? First of all, Um, I guess uh, I would say 65, 56. He's 56. Is that right? If oh, he, I should have thought about his playing days. That's correct. Really? If he wants to be around, I think he's got he's got the chops to be around. And the thing is, if they pull LJ McCray, there might be a couple of reasons for oh, that. Oh, no, no, no. This isn't recruiting related. I think he okay. just wants to retire. Well, yeah, this was about five-star defensive lineman. Yeah, I, I don't think it, when we're talking recruiting, 
Odell can recruit as long as he wants to. And I may have just cleared the way and cleared a graphic as to one reason that a guy like LJ McCray, if he does come to Tallahassee, might be here. Maybe, maybe, maybe it's the bottom third of the screen. I don't know. But I do know that according to our intel at warchant.com that a lot of the ramp up has been uh, Odell stepping in and, and, and taking the lead on, on uh, communicating with that young man. He's very still renowned in the recruiting community as a father figure who at one on the one hand will put his arm around you, but then he will coach the crap out of you. I don't think his style is outdated. I don't think people tune him out the way they did Rick Trickett, and he's okay. not 70 years old. If he wants to still coach. And, and oh, there we go. I think there he's we, go. we got the uh, Capaluto again. He's going mute. All right. So I'll pull up the next question and I'll read it slowly. So Maggie, the dog has a moment to calm down. It's all right. She, it, it was my wife's car and she gets elated when she hears it in the distance. And so she loves, can... I remember when Christy first took her ownership of her and how clingy Maggie was to Christy. And that was, oh my God, nearly 10 years ago. How old is Maggie? Maggie is uh, t- over 10. And now, now she's a daddy's girl, but if we pull up either one of us in that car, forget about it. It is like elated time. I mean, you know how dogs are. They, they go nuts. Um, very quickly, I want to say this, just to put a ribbon on this. I am not suggesting to you that Odell Hagens cannot get the job done. I am suggesting merely that he's had multiple surgeries. He's 57 years old. It's tough to travel and recruit. I believe the time is sooner rather than later for Odell. Notice I spent a lot of time on Odell and very little on Randy. I'm so, not there you go. I'm not touching that other one. So what I'll ask you instead is Dylan asks, what do you attribute the periods of inefficiency on offense to? A couple of things. I think the offensive line is fairly inconsistent and uh, an average, uh, even at their best. And then I think, I think Jordan's had moments where he's been inaccurate and could have kept drives alive um, in some games where he didn't really feel like running. Um, so, I, you know, there's a couple things there, man, but I would start with the offensive line. Yeah, so uh, yeah, inconsistencies in the ground game, that's largely offensive line, a little bit of the running backs, but if you're doing a pie chart, 80-20 OL probably. Yeah, I would say that, but Jordan hasn't always made the right decision on those, by the way. That hasn't helped at times, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Uh, it, it would help on a couple of explosives. There was another one last weekend where, you know, looked like he there was a choice to be made. But then there's also a video right now that you can check out once we're done with the interactive hour, uh, the Dominic Robinson breakdown of Jordan Travis. And it's about a half an hour of him going through game clips and talking about, you know, things that work and that don't work. And Jordan's inconsistencies is part of it. Uh, and I won't give it away, but one, one of his minor theories or, or establishing theories is that he's never had to be the elite pocket passing quarterback in his life. Like that wasn't who he was in high school. He might have right. been a thrower, but you know, these guys that are the Arch Mannings or or even, uh, you know, Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud, the, the guys who just got drafted, they're told from 10, 11 years old that they are going to be the guy and the reason. And then there are other quarterbacks who are told, you know, you can help us win the game. You can manage the game. You can run. You can do these other things, but you don't have to be the guy. And Jordan is trying that ball cap on as the man for the first time. And this he's only into six games in his career of having that you know, that pressure uh, to make those kinds of throws and make those kinds of plays. So anyway, you, you can see the full breakdown, but D-Rob basically gets into the fact that he's still learning how to conduct himself within the course of a 60-minute game as the guy from all parts of the field. And you're I believe, this, you're I believe that's front- accurate. Yeah, I believe that's accurate. By the way, Tucker A., I saw your question in here, and I will answer this, um, not on tonight's show, but if you want to email me, it's just jeff at warchant.com. I'll send you a list, buddy. Oh, there you go. Nice. He wants albums. Is that what it is? Yeah. And you know me, if I'm going to talk about this, I'm going to go into every genre under the sun and I'm going to give him 10 essentials in every possible, you know, musical style. So it'll be a while. Simple question from startup talk. Who's our best offensive lineman? Les Harris when he's healthy, but he's, um, you know, he's got to get back healthy. Moe's second. And then who's third Darius. Uh, Darius, uh, is, is, yeah, Darius is the third most valuable, mm-hmm. uh, cause he can play every position on the offensive line. We haven't seen a healthy Robert Scott in a long time. So it's hard for me to say Robert Scott, you know, uh, but, but bless Harris is your best offensive lineman when he's healthy. Mm-hmm. 
Kayvon asking, have we been holding back all year for this game? Slow playing the season to throw Elko, throw off Elko, not Elmo and company. Uh, I think that there's something to that where I think we've just been playing standard vanilla Florida State offense, 2023 definition the last couple of weeks. He might have something for Mike on Saturday, the way he had you know something for Miami last year or the way he had something for LSU out the gates last year. You agree? Yeah, he might. He, he he might. I hope so. Um, but I don't think we've held anything back. He he week to week usually, if he respects the defense and respects the team, Mike has a little something. Um, I, I it's I, I've always been very impressed with that aspect of who Mike is as a coach. Um, Greg wrote Jordan often throws while moving backwards. I assume trying to avoid being hit after the throw. Does he do this in practice knowing he's not going to get it? No, he doesn't. And that's an astute point, Greg. He stands in and throws the ball tall in practice because he's not going to get hit. What's interesting, Greg, and, and I watched this last week when I was trying to figure out what Florida State was going to do for the Syracuse game. You know, going back to last year, and it was, you know, we talked about the depths of the throws and all that stuff. There were three or four throws last year where he did the same thing. I was surprised. So that I think that's actually been a part of his repertoire of that, that quick 180 turn to bail out on the throw more than just this year when he's banged up with the left shoulder injury. Because that you would think it makes sense. That's the leading shoulder. That's what's in danger if you're going to get hit. And so get me out of the way. He kind of has done that in games before. I, I saw it you know, from 2022 games last week. I found that interesting. It is interesting. Um, I wish you'd stop doing it. It'd, <laughs> it'd be helpful. What part of Duke will be the most challenging to Florida State on Saturday? Trying to win first down, if if you're going to run the ball at all in early downs, I think that you might struggle to do so, and then you're behind the chains and you allow Duke to play the game the way they want to play the game and get after the quarterback and perhaps mix up their coverages. And I just I, I think that um, this is also a weakness of Florida State in general. Uh, we're a weird team that relies an awful lot on explosive plays, and that, in, that includes the running game. We'll have a lot of, you know, no gains, two yards, three yards, sort of average gains, and then all of a sudden break a big one. But it, it is a feast or famine kind of running game. You don't see a lot of consistency in it right now. That's an area of grave concern for me. That's, def that's Duke's defensive front to that end. You know, it's just they can set the tone. Their effort is through the roof. Um, yeah. you know, they're smart. Uh, they know what what offenses are trying to do to them. They're, they can do multiple things. I mean, there's just – there's a lot to love about that front, and it's more than just four dudes. Like it, that is just that's the best part of them. The, the thing I'm least afraid of is their linebacker safety group in terms of coverage. They don't do very good up the middle of the field, which is interesting, and I think it's something that we can exploit more than Duke's previous opponents. But that front is really good. It, it's yeah. just, it, it's above average probably in skill, but it's excellent in terms of their acumen. They're they're very smart. Jason writes, I was just uh, looking at the roster and saw that Jaheim Bell and Johnny Wilson are juniors. Any chance we could work our magic again this offseason and bring them back? Well, you know, tonight's show sponsor would have something to say about that, perhaps. And uh, if you like having good players on your team, as Mark Stoops wanted to point out and correctly pointed out after they got bludgeoned by George's really good players, he basically said to the audience, pony up. <laughs> and I would say the same. The battle's in. Dot com. Uh, as far as being a realist, I think you got zero chance of getting Johnny Wilson back next year. Maybe an outside shot at Gene Bell. I don't know. Um, I, I, I would doubt it. I would seriously uh, doubt it. I don't think either one of those two gentlemen come back, and I doubt Keon Coleman would be anywhere I think, but the NFL. I think for what it would take, you would cost yourself a couple of players. I think it would yeah. take an awful lot. Like the battle's end can do it. There's no doubt that they can do this. They can accomplish this. Right. But to what end and at what you know cost? Yeah, Landon, there's Landon yeah. Thomas coming to town next year, brother, to go along with Biscuit Morlock. You'll be loaded up okay. Yeah, you will be. Yeah, absolutely. Um, less counter better is less counter better. Well, maybe this group isn't exactly equipped to do counter the way that we did counter a year ago or two years ago. And so I think they're finding that out. Um, different wrinkles within counter uh, you can do as well. And they've started to add that. Um, but they've got other facets. Hey, listen, let's not forget last year they ran – Plenty of outside zone, inside zone. Um, they don't they don't run a ton of power, but they 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 you know inside zone and outside zone. Outside zone, especially the back half of the season, they got pretty good at it. Uh, the answer is yes, especially this week. Yeah. Uh, again, in watching Duke closely for the Clemson game and then the Notre Dame game, if the run takes long to develop, it's the this is the wackiest thing to say about Duke. 
I said this earlier today on the show, but if you take long uh, a long time to develop and you move laterally, they're too quick. I mean, that is something yeah. that's reserved for yeah. the elite blue bloods of college football. Uh, yeah. About you know, uh, you got to go run right at them. Florida State needs to run right at Duke. That that is how Clemson succeeded. That's how they gashed them. Is they were they were quick hitters. They might have run counter as literally a counter punch, not as their bread and butter. Right. But if you like Notre Dame is excellent at pulling guards and and all that kind of movement and the gap schemes and stuff like that. And Duke got downhill and blew it up routinely. They did the same thing to Clemson. So for this weekend, I think that's a yeah. Definitely. I'll tell you what, Tom. If we try to put out feelers early in this game and just kind of run for the sake of running, it's going to get blown up. I think I think you're gonna you'll see some failures on early drives if they do that. Now they don't have to do that. They could come out and say, you know what, Duke, good luck. I've got Jordan and shotgun, and we're going four and five wide, and let's see what you got. Well, this is the yeah. I I, I think the path is spread them out. I think that's a little bit better of an idea. But I mean, you could play it the other way and say, hey, Trey, I need you to fall forward all night. When you get hit, I need you to do what you do. You know how sometimes he'll turn his back and it's almost like he does a leg press. To it. He's done it a couple times this year where he'll turn a run stuff into a gain of three. Yeah, yeah. It's got to be that kind of night. I mean, it, I hate the uh, the cliche of the hard hats, but but it's that kind of a night. If you're going to have success, they've got to be quick hitters and you got to be not not dancing around, not thinking. you got to be physical straight away. Uh, Mark, thank you as always. You're a pillar, as we say, and we appreciate you being so consistent and kind and supportive. Love the Duke talk. We need to bring it on Saturday, but I'm going to talk Wake, and I think Jeff will appreciate this. Can we go up to Snuggy Hill and win 63-10? to 10? Well, that Wake team just got handled rather easily by Virginia Tech, so could we? Yeah. Yeah, we could. In fact, I'm kind of interested in Wake Pitt this weekend just to see, is like Pitt about to start to win some games? Are we going to have to worry about them now? They've They've benched Djokovic. Um, it'll, be, it'll be fascinating to see what Pitt is, but uh, yeah, I know we got Wake after this game. If they care to, man, it's hard to get motivated up at Snuggy Hill, but God, dog, is Wake Forest giving us plenty of reasons to be motivated up at Snuggy Hill this year? Yeah. Uh, Britt, uh, I, I, thank you, Mark. I appreciate the contribution. And it, it just, it would be a catharsis and a cleansing moment for all of us if we could drop a 60 burger, 70 burger when we just go put there. them back in their hole, win 56 to nothing, and walk out of there like, you're beneath us. We're done with this. Thanks. It was fun. Goodbye. Britt says, Aslan made a good point on wake up. Does Duke limit Riley Leonard and play the long game and try to get him closer to 100% in the ACC championship game? Well, they, go ahead. Uh, Duke's not going to the ACC championship game for starters. But secondly, um, yes, they will try, <laughs> if that makes any sense to you. Uh, you've got a great season you can still have if you're Duke. You know, you have a, you have a home loss to Notre Dame that happened in the last seconds. You already beat, Jordan, you already beat Clemson. If you fall to Florida State, your two losses are to Notre Dame and Florida State. No shame there. You're still going to play North Carolina later this year, right? And so I would get them – I'd try to get them right for that game. Correct. Um, and Rich. get them right – yeah, to, to, to try to make sure we win nine games again is, is the way I'd be looking at it if I were him. Which you're correct to have hope if you're Duke because, you I mean, like when are you going to be this close again? Uh, I know they played us in 13, but when are you going to be this close again where you can, without divisions, make it to the championship game? That's the remaining schedule. They have no conference losses at present. Zero. Now, you could pencil in one if we handle business on Saturday, but then they play Louisville. I mean, if if Leonard's got to be back in time for that game, I think. You know, not just the well, North Carolina yeah, game. But he's got to be ready for next week. Yeah, yeah, that's tough, man. Yeah, I, I hope he is. Because um, three of those games are winnable. Easily. Wake, Virginia, Pitt. Come on, Duke. You should you should handle business in those three games. Agreed. Agreed. Louisville, you probably should win if you have your quarterback. If you have your quarterback, that's a coin toss. The North Carolina game's likely a loss, but it's a rivalry game. Who knows? And Mac loves to lose games that he's not supposed to lose. If it's a Mac Brown special and they win that game, then they would be playing us. They'd have the head to head tiebreaker over North Carolina. Yeah, I, I don't unless Leonard is really close to a hundred percent. I don't think there's any chance you play him this weekend um, because he may be a hundred percent as a passer, but he will not be a threat as a runner with a high ankle sprain to that degree. And he'll be a sitting duck. You're just asking that kid to get hurt again. That's borderline coaching malpractice. I have too much respect for Elko. I don't, I don't think he'll do that. The only way he plays is if he passes a series of pretty rigorous tests this week yeah. in practice 
um, in which a doctor would say, I feel confident that he can take a hit and get rolled up on and be all right. That seems unlikely. Agreed. I, I think that idea of the long game is the right way to play it, though. I mean, yeah, I don't know what more. You can run zone read with Beelan. You know, they did that last week. It's a good NC State front. They knew they weren't going to score any points. So I think that NC State probably has kind of shut it down a little bit. But you can run read option with him and see if we if we bite and you take a couple of shots downfield. Yeah, I don't know that Riley would do that much different in that situation. So I, I would I would play the backup kid. The only issue is he's a freshman, I think, or a redshirt freshman. And that's where this atmosphere would make a difference. Leonard would handle that so much better. Than yeah, he would. Kid. He would. I enjoy talking to that Leonard kid. He's a, he's a good kid. You talk to him in the ACC? In the, in the hallway. Yeah. Yeah. Every now and then you get a chance when you're over there both getting coffee. <laughs> I love it when the players walk over there and get coffee. I crack up. You know, like they're waiting for their next interview and you're like just yeah. standing there. That's the impromptu off-the-record conversation where you can learn something about a guy and he's not giving you canned answers. He was one of the guys I talked to. Oh, that's cool. All right. Yeah. So you liked him. I didn't realize that. No, I did like him. And he was um, – I told him where we were. I was like, yeah, you know, if we're just sitting there and you don't know, have a few minutes and you see us. Um, but we were also leaving, I think, at that point or getting ready to. In fairness to him, we don't stick around. Yeah, that, that's fair. We, we yeah. get what we need and we move yeah, we on. we get our interviews and we get the hell out of Dodge. Yeah. Uh, first name, John. Surely this isn't the year that Duke finally beats FSU in football. I don't think so, but it's their best chance in a long, long time. This is a better chance for them than 2013, yeah? That's oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. That 2013 team was one for the ages. They can get the hell out of here with that nonsense. They had no chance in that game. Jeremy says, any concerns about Duke's offensive coordinator familiarity with Mike Norvell since he was the OC at Memphis? There's a lot of ties between the two staffs again. That is correct. And coaches, uh, I mean, listen, the bottom line is they review tape for these games. They know what a coach is or is not. I remember I've had a couple coaches tell this to me that that's one of the more overrated things about coaching that fans like to say or that media people like to say. You know, they've got great familiarity with one another. Mm-hmm. Yes. Does it factor in? Sure. Especially if you're like in the SEC and you were on Saban's staff for six years and now you're a head coach, you know, some of the things that he likes to do, but you know what else, you know, you know how to look at tape and you're going to see that. Anyhow, a guy that's been in the league for a long time, you're going to know what he likes to do. Yeah. The only thing you need to do, we all know this, right? Change your signals. Just change your signals. When <laughs> you see a coach who has been with you, that, that's all not too much to ask. Eric says, is the baseball team going to be better this year? Uh, without question, they really couldn't be much worse, and they have added some nice puzzles, uh, pieces to the puzzle. Uh, yes, they will be appreciably better, Eric. I'm not telling you they're like off to Omaha, but they're appreciably better. Yes, hmm. that's good to hear. They'll be different. 26 new dudes. You're going to look different. That's well, for sure. and there's some dudes. When the time comes, by the way, Eric, I will talk. A, I'll talk, obviously, to Link. But B, I will talk with you guys about what they've added. There, there are some really nice pieces here. They're, they're, they have improved their roster quite a bit. Now, they're, you know, they had a lot to do, so that's good to hear. But they were a long way from being relevant last year. Yeah, agreed. The questions keep uh, firing them in. Here we go, Lee. There's the standard one. Who breaks the rock on Saturday? His thoughts are either Jaheim Bell, which is, I think that's a great guess, and uh, Jared Verse. My answer was Jaheim Bell. So I think he and I are on the same same page. I think a guy who has a chance to break it, just because Keon's done it a bunch, they haven't seen receivers like this in the perimeter. I really think there's going to be an opportunity to go one-on-one. Like Ira was talking about it on the report. The War Chant report will be up tomorrow. He's of the mind that he would think Elko is going to take the Clemson path, which is to come up and commit to the run and force Jordan to make plays to the perimeter. I'm not so sure. I think that defensive front, I'd, I'd rather leave them with even numbers, or, you know, and see if they could handle the run in that manner and then assist my my secondary on the perimeter. But you could you could really do it either way if you're Elko to test different facets of the offense. Either way, though, I think there's going to be a lot, a lot of one-on-ones for Florida State's receivers in the perimeter. So, like, Johnny could have a big bounce back day after coming back from injury. I hope you're right. I, I think it is fascinating to view the way that or try to get in the mind of Elko. If you're Elko, do you look at this Florida State offensive line and say, my front can handle them without help? He might. He might. And if that's true, it changes the game. Yep. The, it changes the, the game. So I, that's how I would start the game if I were him. It's all about the front, though. Again, that that second level, I'm just, you know, 
when when Clemson decided to spread it out and make things more simple for Klubnik in his first you know start of the season, it's like his fifth or sixth in his career. It was um, stark a stark difference. Clemson was yeah. able to own the line of scrimmage in the second half when they spread things out. So this is a classic chess game, which is gonna be pretty cool. Robert says, "Is Duke the fourth best defensive line on the schedule, or are they higher than that?" Well. Okay, so Clemson's number one. Uh, the the best the best defensive line that we've seen is Clemson, and probably will be the best that we see. Period. Uh, until you play Georgia in the national championship game and win it, um, <laughs> or something like that. Uh, next up, Miami's defensive line's pretty good. Let's see. Who else's defensive line do you love that we're going to face? Was LSU's better than Duke's? <laughs> as funny as that question is to pose. It's got more dudes that project to the league, but they don't play like it, man. I don't know. I don't know what to say about that. I I, I get your point. Might be in terms of uh, recruiting value or maybe NFL yes. draft projections, but yes. they they play together. They play as one. That, that yeah, yeah, It doesn't Duke, matter what. Duke is a really guys. good example of what a cohesive, well-coached unit can do. Yeah. But it might be the it might be the answer. It might not be. So there you go. There's a good answer for you. They have on paper and numbers the best corner in the ACC right now. Do you play him on Johnny or Keon? Got to be Keon, right? If you have a great corner, you you follow Keon around the field. Yes, yes, always. Keon is the best receiver on the team. Yeah, it's yeah. not really close. Unless that corner is six five, and you're like, okay, you know <laughs> what? The jump ball goes away, and we'll figure out Keon over here. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. CSBM guys asking about the uniforms. They're not going to be the N7s, and Florida State doesn't typically release their uniform choice until like an hour or two before the game, but they will not wear N7s for this weekend. The coaches, as I understand it, though, are wearing N7 polos and gear on the sideline, so it's probably garnet and gold or some vaccine. So the, the N7, Tom, that you keep referencing, and those are just the heritage jerseys? Yes. And, okay. yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, I think that was the name of the series that Nike um, yeah. released for several universities that have Native American heritage mascots. I see. I see. Well, I uh, it doesn't give me get off my lawn vibes to answer Britt's question. Uh, I'm open to it as long as I, I don't necessarily want our players to wear the jerseys and they're not going to. Um, but I'm fine. I have a really beautiful uh, couple of those that I, I think are nice. And I like it when the basketball team wears them, frankly. So, yeah, I'm, I'm all right with it. Yeah, what sports is it uh, okay? Do you think it looks proper? I think soccer's fine, basketball's fine. Yep. Baseball, no. Softball, nope. no. Nope. Nope. Maybe track. Uh, track. Yeah, sure, you could. I, uh, yeah, it's um, no, I, 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 I'm fine with it. I get it. I understand that there's an advertising angle to all that, and jersey sales are at the heart of what Nike's doing. I, I, I understand that. Okay. Um, I also know there's a percentage that goes back to the Seminole tribe, which is also a good thing. Uh, and I actually love the colors. So, yeah. Who has a larger weekend, more impactful weekend on Saturday, Sunday? Well, so just the weekend in general, Jaheim Bell, since you think he's going to break the rock or the battles end. Oh, the battles in is in a good position this weekend, guys. I'm just going to tell you, there's a lot of energy in the air. Uh, I've got people reaching out to me that I never talked to in my life. People that are associated with players, people that are associated in some way, shape, or form. I caused a stir on the Jeff Cameron show on Monday, apparently, Tom. By Is that confirmed? Did you? Yeah. Apparently, <laughs> some things got back to people, and all of a sudden now, you know, because I've been talking about certain kids that I think are going to end up in Tallahassee and Folks, no, I don't go venturing in that, uh, in that realm all that often. So when I do, I tend to snag a good one. Um, like I did with Naughty and like I've done with others. So um, I, I think the battle's in is in a good position this week, and I think there may be some celebrating to do after this game, and not just because of the result of the game. That wasn't even a live read. That was a legit question because it's break the rock, which is most impactful player in the game versus what the yeah. bottom of the screen is, is suggesting. Okay. Yeah. Aaron, two questions about the running game. Number one, does Trey rack up 100 yards rushing this weekend? No. I say yes. All I right, I like, I like that you do. I like that you do. It's, it's the wear down factor. I don't know that it's going to be in the first half per se, or you yeah. know, he's not going for sixty in the first half. I usually say yes to that question, by the way. But would you all love to see a lot more of CJ Campbell? Is the second question. 
I like him a lot. I love our backfield, man. I think they've got very capable plus players in their in their backfield. Um, Kaziah Holmes is a nice player. CJ Campbell's a nice player. Obviously, we know uh, Rodney Hill is a really good player. Uh, Toa Feely is a is kind of a Swiss Army knife. Um, you, you got your best back in Trey Benson for sure. But yeah, they got a lot of dudes. A lot of dudes. It's a good answer. Again, it's a it's a great problem to have because uh, he has yeah. a nice run. I was like, oh, 22. Okay, I see you. First half. Of I, I, listen, I love all those guys. Every time I see him in practice, I'm like, oh, he's good too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and he's good too. I don't do that often. Like there at linebacker, I go, oh, there's the two starters. There's Blake. Kayvon asks, is this a cat five? And what is the status of the buffet? I'll start answering the second part. Buffet is a full go. Four o'clock doors open in Hotel Indigo on Saturday. You might even see a representative of the Battle's End at that point. He usually comes by to say hello yeah. before the yeah, show. And uh, 4.30 beginning to the show. But the buffet, registers sausage. I believe they do burgers as well, but it's all about that registers for me. So, yes, buffet is good to go. Cash bar, good times, good times. And is it yeah, a cat and five? It's, it's not a cat five. Okay. Was not it close? Was it close? Not really. Okay. It's a cat three and a half. Good question from Wes. Without giving an exact prediction, do you guys expect the streak of scoring 30-plus points to continue this weekend? I do. Okay. I do. I How think strong do you feel be, about that? It's tough sledding. I think it'll be tough sledding for a while, but I agree with the wear-down factor. I don't think Duke's offense is going to move the ball very well. If we don't turn it over and give them short fields, we should be in a position to kind of wear them down, put together some drives, uh, and I trust Mike to, to kind of get, you know, get these guys going sideways, um, you know, in East and West. And I don't mean in, in the handoff, I mean, rolling Jordan out and, yep. mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I kind of see that being a, an option here and that's what I would do. Start to wear him down and then gash him late. Yeah. I, agree. I think there's a chance that, like last year, you and I both felt very, very confident about the road trip to Miami and what, what the statement could be. Oh, and I think we said we would beat that ass. Yeah, I think you know, I think there was a video that Monday said, "Get ready for your ass kicking" or whatever. And, and I was the- screaming it from the mountaintops. I called my shot. I was yelling at everybody. This game's yeah. not going to be close. It will not be competitive. I told anybody that would listen within a hundred miles that this is nothing. That they have nothing, yeah. and they had nothing. I'm actually more fearful of Miami this year than last by far. And fearful is not the right word, but more respectful of what they have right now than than what they had a year ago. Yeah, agreed. I don't quite feel on that level about the Duke game, but I feel confident that we could come out of this saying, there's your statement. Okay. There, because because Duke's offense is going to assist the the avalanche, but you could see an avalanche. I think we match up very nicely against what they are unproven at Duke. Didn't you see this being kind of a weird, annoying game for a long time, though, where it's like, you do something stupid. Maybe it's forced because they've got a you know a, a hard hitting defense and somebody creates a turnover or something weird. Like I could see us sitting there midway to late in the third quarter, and you're like, man, it's twenty four to thirteen. Yeah. Okay. You know, and you could just see something like that. I I wouldn't be surprised by that at all. I would be a little bit that they have thirteen on the board. That turnover would have to create a short field. You know, I think that's part of it. Um, but. You know, Clemson was in that kind of a game. Yeah, the, the scoreboard reads that Clemson got blown out, but they're inside the five-yard line how oh. many times? Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. They do all the legwork, and then that's the annoying part. They still have the ball 13 set down, 13-7. They're driving in the second half, and you're like, oh, Clemson's going to figure it out, and then they just never did. Well, so they you, kept turning the ball over and doing stupid stuff, yeah. Two, Yeah, two fumbles inside the five-yard line will hurt your feelings. Yeah, especially when one's returned back to your, like, 10 or whatever it was, yeah. 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 So and I you can't, and you can't kick a field goal. There, there's a path to what you're talking about. Sure. I just I don't know. there's a very easy path. Defense travels. If somebody plays well on defense, they give themselves a fighting chance. And and you know if Jordan is off and not not hitting guys, and you know you have a couple of empty series, Duke gets emboldened. They yeah. know they've already beaten Clemson. They saw how close our game was with Clemson. They're going to come in here believing. I'll just tell you that right now. Confidence is a big deal, and they've got a lot of it. They're going to come in here believing they can win the game, and I'm not. I'm, I'm fairly certain Virginia Tech did not come in here believing they could win the game. I know Syracuse came in here not believing they could win the game because hell, their head coach told them how freaking awesome Florida State was every day of the week. 
Hog Watcher, uh, what's good, Trash Talk TV? How you doing? Uh, Hog Watcher says, oh, nope, that's the wrong one. It's the other Hog Watcher comment. Does a five-star in today's market get more money than a current player that is projected to go in the first day of the NFL draft? No. 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 But at what point, at what point is that cut off? Maybe third round, fourth round, something along those lines. I got to look at what the average signing bonus is for a first, for a third round or a second so round guy. I used to know. First round heart. pick in the NFL is guaranteed an estimated value of forty-one million dollars, and a signing bonus of twenty-six point nine million dollars. You know, <laughs> there's there's nobody coming close to that, guys. Jaden Rashada, not even him, and and the uh, and the leaked figure that Florida said they were going to pay, and then they couldn't pay because that's ridiculous. Yeah. No, it's probably fourth round, third, fourth round. Is that cut off? Yeah. So, um, uh, yes, third or fourth round. I, yeah, it's not close. There are exceptions, uh, very few. Like, I'm sure Caleb Williams is doing all right for himself. Um, but yeah, there aren't too many. Arch Manning did all right for himself, but yeah. Let's see. I'm looking for another question. Guys, is the battle of first down on both sides of the ball as crucial as it was when, when discussed prior to LSU? No, it not as crucial on both sides of the ball uh, as it was with LSU. Um, I don't think that you've got to dominate on first down against Duke um, defensively. They, Duke could be in second and five, and I wouldn't be like, that's a successful play on first down for Duke, and I wouldn't be like, oh, we're reeling. Um, but I do think Florida State needs to be more efficient on first and second down. I will say that I think the only way Duke could be in this game to win it is if they get you in third and five or longer repeatedly, then mistakes are made in those situations. Yeah. This is another one like last week for Syracuse, the offense needed to be decisive, you know, get the ball out. Yeah. The longer that you hold the ball or the longer that it takes for a play to develop, you're just playing right into Duke's hands. It's yeah. got the decision needs to be made quickly. Yeah. Uh, let's see. So Joey's fitness journey is taking him to Tallahassee. It's his first game in over 10 years in Tallahassee. Welcome in, Joey. I hope you have a great time. Come on by and see us at Hotel Indigo. It's going to be a completely different setting around dope than you're used to. That it is, is correct. The difference is absurd in the way it's constructed around the stadium. Tim wrote, do we have total confidence in the kicking game? We sure as hell do. If it comes down to a last-second kick, well, I'll test that confidence. It's 47 yards, three seconds to go. You're down two. Oh, well, I'm not happy about that scenario. Sweet Jesus. That is a college kid trying to make a kick to win a game at the buzzer, and I don't trust any kid in America to line up and feel good about that kick. So this isn't a knock on our kicker. That's any kicker. I mean, watch Oregon-Washington. Watch. I mean, we watched all these games last weekend. You can, it happens every week. I will say I feel a hell of a lot better about it now, not for the obvious reasons, but that 48-yarder he kicked at Clemson was oh, yeah. critical. Was and, he, crit and he crushed it, yeah. And he made his field goal last weekend without any problem. And You could feel the, the magnitude of that kick, though. Like, if that doesn't go through and Clemson has a, a nice starting field position, like, man, that, that game might come off the track at that point. Uh, let's see. Guys, is this the game where we put it all together, asks Lonnie. I feel this is the game we show America what we are. You think I don't it's think possible? so. No? I don't think so. Tom does. And I don't, we disagree maybe for the first time this year. I don't think so. I think, I mean, listen, we just put it together pretty damn good against Syracuse. Yeah. I mean, that was a thorough ass beating. Mm -hmm. um, I understand there were two series in particular that are just awful, but I don't know if that's just not who we are with an inconsistent offensive line. If you kick the field goal, you're disappointed about not turning a, a turnover into seven, but we're not talking about it. We're really, we're talking about, wow, look at that. You know, the red zone efficiency has been off the chart and you, you're, you had 14 yeah. out of 17 were touchdowns yeah. entering that game. That's a shame, but it wouldn't extend beyond that's a shame. Correct. Maximus, how long before Elko gets poached? Uh, after this year, I think he'll take over at Texas A&M when they fire Jimbo. It would be a good hire on their part. Might be a dumb question, but is the food at Indigo on the house? It is not on the house. Nope. It is It is on your dime. It is on your dime. But uh, hopefully you do make it up there, Tucker. Jeff and Tom, are you guys worried about our offense versus Duke's defense? Run game is suspect. Norvell's play calling. Ooh, we're getting into play calling. 
The play calling has been questionable about t- at times. What do you Last think? Last week, the play calling down at the five was terrible. Other than that, I don't complain about play calling. I, compl- I complain about execution sometimes with them, either Jordan or the offensive line. But I would recommend you look at that, uh, that, that video after this show's over here shortly because you've gotten, uh, you've gotten Caleb's blessing here to uh, rest up your voice. Um, yeah, I, I was about to have Jeff's blessing. I was about to say that we're doing two more, and that's that. But, yes, thank you, Caleb. Joey uh, has a super sticker for us, so thank hey, you very you much. Joey. We appreciate you. All right. Uh, let's see. Who needs to win more, Mario or Dabo? That's a good question. Oh, wow. Well. I think Mario I think, has to be. Yeah, Mario has to be the right answer there. I mean, if they lose that game, that is their third straight loss. But if Dabo loses, Miami hasn't won an ACC home game under Mario Cristobal. I know. If Mario loses, I mean, if if Dabo loses, it just confirms what most suspect, that he's lost the grip a little bit. But he's got some good players coming back, and obviously the resume is much greater than that of Mario. So, you know, it'll, it'll be tough times for him to have to hear all the bashing, but he's not going anywhere. Mario, meanwhile, could lose some members of this class and really – kind of squander yeah. an opportunity here to bring in some top tier talent. So I think, yeah. I think Mario, I think Mario needs to win this more. Dabo's got good coordinators and good players. That's, that's the way to answer that. So yeah. you can, you can survive more if that's the case. Any uh, chance that, that Mario could be fired this year. I don't think so. They would have to have, I mean, listen, they would have to have something disastrous off the field happen to a show cause type thing. No, they don't have the money to do that. Um, and also I think it would just be stupid. Uh, I don't think they should fire him. What he did at the end of the Georgia Tech game was a fireable offense, but I wouldn't fire him. Yeah, agreed. All right, last question of the night. Lee Fields, are we feeling better about punt returns now, or is it still suspect? Well, if 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 Keon's going to be that in the punt return, my goodness gracious, that was something to behold, wasn't it? Um, I don't know. I think that was an anomaly, but maybe Keon has just decided, screw this. I'm going to go make plays, and I'm not going to doubt Keon Coleman. If that's what he's decided – he's more confident catching the ball then I've got little problem believing that he can make people miss. I think the legitimacy of the hope starts with the confidence. Yeah, well, that's, looks, that's for sure. Yeah. If a kid like that believes, oh, then everybody. Yeah, that had to go a long way. I have to uh, agree. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Big weekend for the battle's end, folks. <laughs> wink, wink, nod, nod. Yeah. Maybe you could help. Hey, maybe I just ordered that, that uh, the zip, the quarter zip. You ordered one? I did order one. I ordered it from thebattlesin.com, and then I told Ingram that I had ordered it, and he got mad at me. He said, I would have given you one, Jeff, but thanks so much for the contribution. I was like, of course, buddy. I like good players. Uh, Ingram, I'll contribute in other ways, like telling people to go to thebattlesin.com. If you can find an XL quarter zip and bring it to Indigo this weekend, that would be wonderful. You make Tom pay for that quarter zip. <laughs> Tom's not broke anymore. Tom's got money. Make him I'm buy not- that damn quarter zip, Ingram. It's I'm not a beautiful saying, quarter zip, and he loves pullovers more than most Americans combined. I do. So I'm telling you right now, get you that quarter zip, Tom. I'm also not cheap by trade. It's just, you know. Yeah. 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 You pay for that quarter zip. They're good. Oh, last one. Last one. Ray, Mc- Ray McCoy. What's more important, ball control or turnovers? It's kind of the same thing, but I think he's talking about time of possession. Um, well, I'm not worried about our time of possession. Um, I'm, I'm worried about getting them off the field, and I'm worried about – um, I understand what you're saying. I, just don't turn the ball over. Duke's offense is going to struggle to score. Don't turn yeah. it over and give them short fields. Here's the answer. Ball control for them, turnovers for us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Agreed. Yep. All right. Um, peace out, everybody. Matthew Matthew wants a quarter zip too, Ingram. Um, you should drop one off for him. <laughs> there we go. All right. Good night, folks. Hit the like button on the way out. Subscribe to the channel and check out some Thanks, more. Thanks, everybody. Off to bed. <laughs> Be good. Yeah. Talk to you soon. It's a dollar for two months. Goodbye.